You are now listening to the Inner Circle Podcast Network. What's good? Buenos dias, buongiorno, ni hao, konnichiwa, bitches. Welcome to yet another episode of Avocado Cafe. This is the English language Kimagre on Road podcast on the whole internet. I'm your host, Jason Alme. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning into this episode. I appreciate you very much because today we're talking about Kimagre Orange Road TV episode 22 entitled An Adult Relationship. Madoka secretly returns home in the morning. Originally aired August 31st of 1987. We're closing out the summer with a strong, strong entry into the oeuvre of the Orange Road episodes. This strong entry was directed by Ikigami Kazuhiko. This is the one and only Orange Road episode to be directed by Ikigami. So let's all enjoy it. Pour one out for the man. I don't know if Tarada Kenji got him or what, but our writer this week is Tarada Kenji. Tarada last wrote episode 19, so he's been off for a few weeks. He's written 11 of the first 22 episodes that we've covered so far of the TV series. We begin this episode with a flashback to episode 17. That was the first episode of the summer vacation. That was the day that Kasuga went to the library to study with Ayukawa, and he spent the day back and forth between the library and the pool. He was trying to juggle too much. He had too much on his plate. He was being too much of a people pleaser during that episode. But we see some flashbacks, and the content of the flashbacks is very, very limited. It's really limited to just to Kasuga's memory of Ayukawa's cleavage. It's pretty much it. We return to Kasuga in the present day. He's waiting for a train to go by. It's obvious that he was having this fantasy of Ayukua's boobies as he was waiting to cross the train tracks. The significance of showing us this now, I think it has the function of reminding us that Kasuga has not yet finished his summer homework, but I also think it's supposed to establish that Ayukua is very much on Kasuga's mind. We're introduced to Yukari as a new employee of Abakabu. She's not quite a character of the week. 
she's going to be significant enough to make a few more future appearances. But she has a similar function to some of the characters of the week that we've recently met, like Kumiko, like Kitakata-senpai. She helps to drive the plot. She catalyzes some of the conflict. Shu also catalyzes some conflict in this episode as well. He's the type of cool older man that Kasuga imagines Ayukawa prefers. When we first see him, he's leaned up against the hood of his car. He's got his hands in his pockets. He's wearing these cool sunglasses. He's got a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. And he just looks cool. All signs point to this dude slang's dick. His conversation with Ayukawa is depicted as an extreme close-up of his face. We see Ayukawa as a reflection in his sunglasses as they speak to each other. That's how cool this guy is. On top of that, the filmmakers are showing Ayukawa's image over his eyes, literally. We're watching him as he's gazing at her via this shot composition that's really quite unique. The cinematography here is meant to subtly imply that he has this interest in her. It leads the audience toward the conclusion that he wants her, creates this tension, this conflict. We're led to believe the same things Kasuga is during this episode, that there's something going on between Shu and Ayukawa. Also, the plane flying overhead during the establishing shot that we see at the beginning of Shu and Ayukawa's interaction is a reminder that her parents have moved to America, which Ayukawa states plainly, during the conversation. That exists to remind us that there's really no oversight for Ayukawa. Her parents aren't around, there's no curfew, there's no restrictions on her behavior. This scene overlaps with audio of Kasuga dropping his coffee mug in shock, as if to say Kasuga would be shocked at the conversation that Ayukawa and Shu just had. He's actually shocked at Yukari speculating that Ayukawa has quit Abakabu because she ran off with a man. She fell in love and ran off with some dude. Although he'd probably be upset about Ayukawa's combo with, with Shu as well. Yukari's comments to Kasuga here have double meaning. She says that guys can get easily overconfident with women. Initially, we understand this to mean that Kasuga might have become overconfident with Ayukawa, and now she's run off with a man, this shoe guy. However, when Yukari says that she was just talking to herself, the affect in her voice shows that she's not just teasing Kasuga here. It's actually some really fine voice acting. You can tell that there's something else in her voice besides just teasing Kasuga. Regardless, Yukari can clearly tell that Kasuga's weakness is Ayukawa, and she uses that to tease him. There's a reaction from Kasuga that she's deliberately eliciting. Is she f***ing with him? Or is she trying to see if Kasuga has true feelings for Ayukawa? She's definitely probing here, whether it's for her own amusement or if she's doing it on behalf of somebody else, maybe, Ayukawa. We have yet to see. We do see a flashback of the day prior here. Ayukawa is playing the sax, and Kasuga is chatting with her while swinging on the swing set near his apartment complex. Ayukawa agrees to help him finish his homework if he treats her to a dessert. Hence, Kasuga looking for her at Abakabu. Yukari watching Kasuga leave in a hurry and then thinking to herself that he's the boy she's heard about is a dead giveaway for this episode. It's seldom that we get to hear inside the thoughts of another character, character other than Kasuga. 
So they might have tipped their hand a little bit here, the filmmakers, that is. I mean, how would Yukari have heard about Kasuga? From whom? Would she have heard about Kasuga from Ayukawa? Almost certainly. This episode makes it very clear that Shikaru has no idea who Yukari is and hasn't previously met her. And then what context would Yukari have heard about Kasuga? Why would Ayukawa be telling Yukari about Kasuga in the first place? But we do see that Yukari knows of Kasuga before he came into the coffee shop that day. And you can tell Kasuga is truly worried about Ayukawa when he starts pressing Shikaru for information. Shikaru and Yusaku are shown to clearly have a good knowledge of whatever's going on with Ayukawa in this episode. They're seen shopping for groceries, and Yusaku has an excuse to bowl Kasuga over with an empty cart. He says it's for it's for Ayukawa. They're trying to keep Kasuga in the dark. They they seem to be expending a real effort to keep some kind of secret from Kasuga. Under what context would Ayukawa want to keep a secret from Kasuga? But but not her uh, better friends, at least on paper, Shikaru and Yusaku. It's a strange context for sure. It strikes me as odd that everybody's in on this thing except for Kasuga, and everybody that's in on this thing seems okay with the fact that Kasuga's not. It very much seems centered around Kasuga. Unlike episode 12 when Ayukawa was thinking about leaving the country to move to America. Nobody knew then. Kasuga found out, but and eventually everybody else found out. But, but Ayukawa was keeping a secret from all of the people close to her. Here, Shikaru knows about whatever it is. Yusaku knows about whatever it is. They're making this great effort inside the grocery store to keep Kasuga from learning the secret. And Kasuga seems like the only one who's on the outside of this thing. Next, Kasuga is shown with Komatsu and Hata. At least physically, mentally, he's not there. He's set apart from them, again, by not engaging in their wanton sexual harassment. They're like frantically trying to get a girl on the phone to meet them for a date. Kasuga is staring at the ceiling, wondering about Ayukawa. So much so that the pinup girl on the ceiling changes. It morphs into Ayukawa via a fade, a, a dissolve. He even calls... Komatsu and Hata out on persistently harassing these girls. He's asking them how many times they need to get turned down before they give up. He's even the voice of responsibility here. He's reminding them that they've got homework to do, meaning that he really went over there to complete the homework with them in lieu of getting help from Ayukawa. So by the next morning, Kasuga had been up all night finishing his homework with the two doofuses when he spots Ayukawa getting into the car with Shu. A close shot of Kasuga's notebook, with his name on it, is shown to tell the audience that Ayukawa noticed. She saw the notebook. We see Ayukawa's head turn to look out the car window. We cut immediately to Kasuga's notebook. It's the Kuleshov effect again. So Kasuga may have ducked in time, but we know she saw his notebook via the editing here. After this, Kasuga's crushed. He saw them leave a Love Hotel. He immediately heads back to the swings near his apartment complex. He thinks he just witnessed Ayukawa leaving a love hotel with an older guy. This plays on Kasuga's early insecurities about Ayukawa being so much more mature and experienced than he is. In this moment of dejection, he returns to the swings, which are 
actually symbols of childhood and youth and innocence in Orange Road. It's in this moment that he's feeling like an inexperienced kid again compared to Ayukawa. At the same time, the swings are a significant spot for he and Ayukawa. Earlier in this episode, it's where Ayukawa promised to help Kasuga complete his homework. And furthermore, this is the place where Kasuga and Ayukawa experienced a very meaningful connection at the climax of episode 12. That's the very same episode I mentioned a moment ago where Ayukawa was thinking about moving to America. So this whole episode feels like a setup, as I said a moment ago. Is this some kind of virtue test for Kasuga? It feels kind of like Ayukawa is setting something up for Kasuga. Maybe Ayukawa set up the day that Kasuga spends with Yukari? Perhaps Yukari is sent to collect Kasuga very shortly after Kasuga spotted Ayukawa with Shu. Maybe Ayukawa sent Yukari over there to do some damage control. Yukari is very friendly. She pursues Kasuga. He needs strong women to come after him. He'd never call Shikaru. He never asks Shikaru out. If she weren't all over him, they would never talk. And immediately, Yukari encourages Kasuga to forget about Ayukawa. Given the way the episode ends, we have reason to believe that Yukari knows what's going on. She has an idea of what's in store for Kasuga that evening. We don't know that she was sent by Ayukawa to put him through this ruse, but that's at least a working hypothesis. And this is obviously a ruse. The encounter between Yukari and Kasuga is accompanied by music that's clearly intended to make the audience infer a potential sexual attraction between them, rich with saxophones. (laughs) It really makes me wonder... Is this a charade masterminded by someone like Ayukawa in order to test Kasuga? Is this some kind of virtue test? Are we going to test to see if Kasuga would make a move on a, a receptive, attractive older woman, especially under the circumstances he thinks Ayukawa just spent the night with an older guy? Otherwise, what's the point in sending Yukari to spend the day with him? Unless that's just Yukari wanting to play around. Maybe she's taking the initiative. I can't imagine that Yukari was sent just to ensure that Kasuga shows up at the concert that night. Kasuga declines to go with Shikaru to the concert, and maybe Yukari is the backup to make sure he gets there. Surely there are better ways to get him to be in a certain place at a certain time than to recruit Yukari to spend an entire day pretending to be sexually interested in him? It really feels like a lot of this episode is a contrivance, really just to make us think that Yukari wants Kasuga sexually only to throw in the twist at the end. For example, Yukari takes Kasuga to see a movie about a younger man in a relationship with an older woman. And she's being very close with him physically. She leans in to rest her head on him when he falls asleep briefly during the movie. Kasuga begins here to think that maybe Ayuka will want it an adult relationship with someone older and more mature than he is, he simultaneously begins to wonder if perhaps a relationship with Yukari might be good for him. As he wonders that, we immediately cut to a crosswalk sign after they've left the movie, and the red don't go signal lights up, and that could be a subtle nod from the filmmakers that that's a no-go for Kasuga. Don't do it, my man. When Shikaru catches Kasuga with Yukari, Shikaru reacts predictably. 
However, she presumes that Yukari is his older sister, which subverts our expectations here a little bit as she's crying and saying that Kazuga is such a jerk, we think that she's going to think that they're doing something they shouldn't be. Instead, Shikaru just presumes that she's his older sister that he never told her about, and uh, that subverts our expectations here, but then it sets things right with Shikaru. So the conflict is not about trying to patch things over with Shikaru the way episode 20 had a conflict about patching things up with Shikaru, or episode 15 had a conflict about about trying to smooth things over with Shikaru. This is not today's episode. That's not what today's episode is about. I just wonder, are you going to try to maintain that? I mean, we we cut to Shikaru and Kasuga and Yukari having a bite to eat, and Shikaru continues to express a little bit of surprise that that he's got this older sister, and I, I'm, I'm guessing they just went with the lie that Yukari is Kasuga's older sister. I mean, Shikaru even calls Yukari big sis at the end of their interaction. How are they going to maintain that? I mean, it never comes up again, of course, but it seems like kind of a a big, important lie that you're going to just never follow up on. It seems like the type of thing that it's going to be a hard lie to maintain. Because this lie would be so difficult to maintain, it makes me think that there's a possibility Shikaru already knows about the Yukari ruse. But I can't imagine she'd go along with Yukari spending the day pretending to come on to Kasuga. Kasuga, it's here that Kasuga refuses to go with Shikaru to Ayukawa's live show. So maybe that's why the Yukari intervention was necessary to get Kasuga there, even if he doesn't go with Shikaru or Shikaru's not able to find him. Though I'll say Ayukawa does seem a bit surprised that Shikaru didn't bring Kasuga. It appears that she expected Kasuga to show up with Shikaru and Yusaku, in which case, whose direction is Yukari following? Is this ruse masterminded, or is this Yukari just having fun with Kasuga for the day? And Shikaru telling Ayukawa that she's never seen Kasuga looking so upset definitely convinces Ayukawa that he did in fact see her with Shu that morning. We even see the light bulb go off in Ayukawa's mind as she remembers seeing his books. We have a a superimposition of his books, the shot of uh, the close shot of his books on the street flash over the sh- the shot of Ayukawa as she realizes, oh, he saw me. We get to hear the band jamming out to the dramatic square here, minus their lead singer. Today we learned why this track is in an instrumental. We see all the other characters at the live show, and that means they knew something that Kasuga didn't as well. Komatsu, interestingly, is seen wearing a shirt that says Seiko on it, which is very likely a reference to Matsuda Seiko, who is a Japanese pop star. She was tremendously popular at the time, and she's been referenced in Orange Road before when Shikaru sang a karaoke version of Aoi Sangosho at the end of the Tanabata episode. And I played that song for you guys at the end of the episode. So I think that's a reference to Matsuda Seiko here for the people paying close attention. A cut away from the characters to Ayukawa's face as she plays is another good example of the Kuleshov effect. Again, without a word, we know that she's concerned. 
that Kasuga's not there. She's glancing out and seeing everybody else but Kasuga. We get our first indication that Yukari's day with Kasuga was a ruse to get him there when she tells him she really wants to go into the Love Hotel. And the camera pans across the parking lot to show Shu's car as well as the, the van that the band uses. This panning shot connects the intercut scenes of Ayukawa with the live show and Kasuga resolving to enter the Love Hotel with Yukari because he's super pissed at Ayukawa from that morning. And when Yukari pins Kasuga up against a door before opening it for him to fall through and into the live show, we know for certain that Yukari's behavior toward Kasuga that day has been a pretense. Shikaru seems pleasantly surprised to see Kasuga there, as if she didn't expect him there at that point. He'd already turned her down and said he wouldn't be making it. She wondered how he knew where the band was playing. She also did not bat an eyelash at Yukari being introduced as Shu's girlfriend. So she's either in on the secret, as evidenced by her behavior at the grocery store the previous day, or she has no idea about Yukari's ruse and thinks that Ayukawa's cousin Shu is just dating Kasuga's older sister Yukari and that she didn't know that until today. This episode features Watakanako's Salvia no Hana no Yoni as an insert song in the most music video-like sequence that we have yet seen in Orange Road. And I gotta say, this is a very popular song uh, amongst the soundtracks of Orange Road, and for good reason. Watakanako has these breathy vocals, a really, really great delivery, and the, the 80s synth is perfect. Now, the panning and cutting that we see during this scene is more in keeping uh, the sequence with the song than like building a traditional film narrative here. It's just full on 80s MTV visuals here. We do see some flashbacks as Kasuga remembers his times spent with Ayukua, good and bad. It helps to recycle animation. I mean, there's a practical use here in that they get to reuse, they get to repurpose this old animation and it it can help with budgetary things to reuse the stuff that they've already got. But then it also, it's kind of an effective uh, retrospective for Kasuga as he hears the, the, uh, the words that Ayukawa has wrote. She wrote the lyrics of the song. And we, we still get to see Ay Kasuga watching Ayukawa perform. And it's obvious that Ayukawa seems happier now that Kasuga is there for her performance. If you recall episode two... TV episode two, she didn't expect Kasuga to clap for her gymnastic routine. And she even pretended not to enjoy Kasuga's response at that time. But by now, she seems to have accepted that she wants Kasuga to see her performances. She's less of a delinquent showing up the good girls now, and she's openly enjoying performing for others' entertainment, especially Kasuga. 
Kasuga, despite Shikaru having already greeted him by grabbing onto him, is shown by himself throughout this sequence. He's solo in each frame whenever he's shown. Shikaru is also shown in separate shots. She's in the same frame as Yusaku. And I think this was deliberate, as this song was clearly intended for Kasuga. Imagery that reminds us of Shikaru's claim over Kasuga would distract from the feeling that, that this song is a communication between Ayuko and Kasuga. This is Ayuko's song for Kasuga in many ways. Although it does strike me as a little odd that Shikaru wouldn't stay right up on Kasuga after he arrives. I think it's also significant that Shu tells the crowd that the lyrics of this song were written by Ayukawa. It allows us as the audience to interpret these lyrics as a meaningful statement by Ayukawa directed toward Kasuga. At the same time, because Yukari is performing the song, it's easy enough to pass the song off so that the others there don't suspect that it's a message specifically to Kasuga. Yukari has a significant moment here too. She wraps the red ribbon around Ayukawa before tossing the other end out to Kasuga. And Yukari's toss into the crowd was casual enough. In that shot, you can't really see where she's tossing it due to the stage lights, but even still, we know she intended for Kasuga to catch it. Ayukawa's facial expression tells us that she wasn't expecting Yukari to do that. This is another moment in this episode where it's very hard to imagine this happening in full view of all the other characters, especially Shikaru, without raising some serious questions about the true nature of Kasuga and Ayukawa's feelings for each other. But it's still a very nice moment, so we just have to accept that none of the others noticed this very meaningful red ribbon connecting Ayukawa with Kasuga. It is obviously meant to tell the viewers that there's something going on here. It's meant to reinforce this relationship between them, that they are each other's destiny. Of course, the red ribbon is symbolic of the red string of destiny. Again, it means that these characters are meant to be together. They're telling us in not-so-subtle ways that these two are going to wind up together. The episode's all but over. However, we do see an argument between Shu and Yukari, and it was included at the end of this episode for a reason. Possibly it was included to dispel Kasuga's notion that Shu was after Ayukawa. This is where Kasuga finds out that Shu is Ayukawa's cousin. Or it's maybe to explain that Yukari has been lonely lately while Shu's been so focused on his music, hence her taking Kasuga for a spin. That really makes me think that Yukari's whole behavior, her entire day with Kasuga, we know it was a ruse, but I don't think that it was masterminded by anyone, Ayukawa. I think it was Yukari feeling lonely, having nothing to do, wanting to kill some time, and she's heard about Kasuga from Ayukawa. And maybe she was putting him through a virtue test. Maybe she thought if she came on to him a little bit, then maybe he'd go for her and she could kind of feel out how committed he was to Ayukawa. And maybe he passed the test. So by the end, she understands that they're made for each other. She's seen what she needed to see, and then she does the whole ribbon thing. And that's maybe her way of saying, I approve. 
I think maybe the argument between Shu and Yukari was included to also demonstrate subtly the differences between an adult relationship and a teenage relationship like Kasuga and Ayuko was. It's somewhat unfettered by some of these difficulties that are inherent in an adult relationship, this kind of argument that adults get into. It's not something that Kasuga and Ayuko will have to deal with yet. And we end the episode with a little bit of master abuse. I've mentioned before these these kids, they torment poor master. Master is frequently abused by these kids, their neglect. Shikaru comes out with a comedic Shikaru special. It's this ice cream concoction that's the size of the table. And she also announces that she used the last of master's resources. I think she said she used all of the cream. So our final image of master is him frantically calculating the expense of this thing that Shikaru created without any regard to his business needs or budget. So we end on a comedic note. We learn that Kasuga misunderstood Ayuko a little bit, although I'll defend him and I'll say he had a good reason to. He saw her coming out of a love hotel with an older guy. What's he supposed to think? I don't blame Kasuga for misunderstanding. He gets a lot of heat over the course of this TV series for misunderstanding things. Today, I don't blame him. His his misunderstanding is settled. Master is abused. Shikaru is completely unaware. And Yusaku somehow hasn't hit anybody today. So it's a good episode. All's well that ends well. And we got a really great song out of the deal. All's well that ends well, right? Now that we're at the end, why don't you do me a solid? If you want to head on over to patreon.com slash team Almy, you can join our Patreon. You can support Team Almy Studios, the studio that brings you fine podcasting such as this one, as well as Shit Happens When You Party Naked, which is a Patreon exclusive. You'll gain access to that podcast when you subscribe to my Patreon. Also, I send merch to everybody who joins. Everybody gets something in the mail from me. And I'm doing a lot of bonus content. It's been a good summer for bonus content, but I got a ton more planned. We're going to do episode commentaries, live episode commentaries. So you get to hang out while those recordings are cut. And we'll watch the episodes together. It's been a lot of fun so far. I watched Sheen Core for the first time last weekend. That was wild. I can't believe I'd never seen that in 25 years. I'd never see that. Also check out my other show, Creatures of the Night. That's available outside of Patreon. You can get that on any podcast player, and I'll throw a link to that in the show notes. I very much appreciate you checking that out. That's a kooky, paranormal, comedic, conspiracy, totally non-political, unless some old boomer calls us. We do some call-in shows. We have some old boomers call sometimes. I want to thank you guys again very much from the bottom of my heart for listening to this episode. It truly means a lot to me when you guys listen, when you guys send me a DM and hit me up and and tell me that you've enjoyed the episode. It means so much. If you would subscribe, please tell a friend, uh, kidnap a friend at knife point, put a bag over their head, throw them in the back of a large panel van with the windows covered so they can't see where you go. And then tie them to a chair, pry their eyes open like a clockwork orange, and force them to watch the entirety of Orange Road. They'll thank you for it. And then force them to listen to this podcast. I'll thank you for it. I have something really special for you guys for outro music. 
really special because today is the episode that we get to hear Wada Kanako's Salvia no Hana no Yoni. I'm going to play for you a vaporwave version of that song that I found online. And I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to shut up during this. So I'm just going to get started playing it. All right. Perhaps you know why I'm going to comment during this. This is the Valium version of Salvia Nohana no Yoni. We're on some serious drugs right now. This thing is dripping out of my stereo like maple syrup into my ears. Wait till she starts singing. Here it comes. This is terrible. You guys hear this? Look how they massacred my water Kanako. If this is your first Vaporwave song, I'm sorry. You're probably never going to touch it again after this. Listen to what they did to this song. The 
you see what I mean. The music's actually not that bad. I don't mind the music so much, but the vocals, oh my God. How, many, how much drugs was that person on? It's terrible. I apologize for playing that for everybody. Forgive me.